everyone, welcome to another episode of the Recruitment Intelligence Podcast, joined by two special guests today. Um, first of all, you probably recognise Gavin Spears, who's our CEO, who's been a regular feature on this podcast. However, I want to extend a warm welcome to Salma Elwardani, who is just joined the SD team um, as our Chief Diversity Officer. So first of all, a warm welcome to Salma, to the Solutions Driven, but also to the podcast. Thank you. Hello. Hello. So we're keen to talk about diversity and inclusion today. So before we suppose we get into the kind of nitty gritty, it'd be great, Sam, if you could give everyone just a wee bit of background about you, your background, your journey, and I suppose just a little bit more about the chief diversity role here at Solutions Driven. Yeah, absolutely. So my background is I came up in, uh, it's funny when you say background, right? You're like, oh, this is very <laughs> about my work background, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meld both of them into one. So I have always started my career in recruitment. So I used to work within a global uh, tech recruitment and I used to work within business development of that arm of that business. So all of my career has been about marketing and about building recruitment brands and how we relay messages out to the market and how we build recruitment businesses, essentially. And alongside that, I've done work my entire life in uh, diversity in various aspects, whether that's about gender and making life better for women and girls, whether that's about representing people of colour, whether that's about representing different uh, minority backgrounds, whether that's across religious backgrounds or sexual backgrounds or whatever it might be. And that kind of ties in with my personal story. So I am half Egyptian, half Irish, raised in Newcastle. So a bit of everything going on, really. Um, and that, so much of that informs why I fight every day for more diverse workforces or why I want to create and help businesses create more diverse businesses. So that's kind of a little bit about my background. And then somewhere along the way, Solutions Driven and I have found each other. And my role here is about creating a business that is inclusive internally, that isn't just a business that has the ability to hire diverse talent, but is actually diverse in its process, in how it works, in how it works with its clients. So that's a little bit about what I'm doing here, but I'm also working with our clients at Solutions Driven to help them make their businesses more inclusive and more diverse and to change their their hiring processes. Diversity right now is is something that everyone is struggling with. And I use the word struggle very intentionally because every business is struggling to fundamentally change the foundations of their business from what they've always been to places that are more diverse and inclusive. So that's a tiny bit about me and that's what I'm doing here with, with you guys. And it's been great, as I said, I know you've been here probably, what, a month nearly now, and I think, as I said, yeah. you've been speaking to everyone internally and the feedback has been great, and I'm sure, you've having, I'm sure you're having some interesting conversations. Um, Very <laughs> So over to you, Gavin, why, I suppose, why did you feel right now is the right time to hire a Chief Diversity Officer, first of all, I suppose, but also why, why Salma? Okay, so, I mean, I think, first of all, we, as you know, Rob, we launched... RPI, Recruitment Process Intelligence, last year, really just as our category and I guess our way of working. I would say over the last 18, 20 months, we've progressively seen more clients talk about the subject, you know, more clients being interested in understanding how they can improve. And we felt for two reasons it was the right time. One, we as a business internally need to improve, you know, so we need to improve our own diversity journey. We need to make sure our team are educated. We need to make sure that they are confident in raising the questions, positively challenging clients. But also externally, we need to be supporting our clients on that journey. So whether they, regardless where they are in that journey, it's about making sure that we are giving advice, giving insights, you know, providing data. And really, you know, I guess from, from my point of view, 
you know, the, the diversity inclusion space is important to us and is also going to become even more important to clients going forward. So that was really the reason. I think why Salma? So I've known Salma five years. Uh, so we met through a kind of recruitment networking event five years ago and I've always kept in touch. And I think, you know, energy, enthusiasm and intellect are probably the three words that, that you know, spring to mind. I think she comes across very, very well, you know, in terms of the space, but also culturally fits, you know, fits well with solutions driven in our client base. So it felt the right time and the right person. Great. So I suppose getting into the nitty gritty then, we, with Salma's clearly put all the work in over the last kind of month or so, along with Claire, um, who works on our content team, but we launched our diversity pledge and promise um, just a couple of weeks ago now. Um, and I think it'd be great, Salma, if you could even just share more about that, please, in terms of what we mean by the pledge and the promise. But actually, what does that mean for our internal employees at Solutions Driven, but actually our clients and future prospects and peers. It would just be great to know just more about that, please. Yeah, definitely. So the reason we started with the promise and the pledge and just saying out loud, hey, this is what we're doing as a business, is because I think there's a huge amount of power in stating your intentions and putting it out there so that you can be held accountable to those intentions. A lot of what you find with diversity and inclusion when it comes to organizations is everyone says they're doing something, but everyone's quite vague about that. No one's quite sure what that looks like. And then you can't ever really hold anyone to account uh, because you don't really know what, what was going on in the first place. People just kind of say, yes, we're working on our diversity. So I thought there's so much power in us coming out and being really intentional and really clear about what we're doing. And I wanted to start our diversity journey as an organization with a very clear declaration of what we plan to do. And I say diversity journey because I think every single individual and every single business is on a journey uh, with diversity. I think we're all at different stages of it. I think it's continuous and it doesn't end. And our aim is just to continuously move down that road. So I wanted to start Solutions Driven with very clear objectives and say to the world, look, this is what we're doing. Uh, and also just to then start a conversation with our clients and with our peers and with our colleagues internally, because it's really important that those conversations start. But if we're just having them quite aimlessly, it's quite difficult to get any direction with it. So the diversity promise is very much about saying, look, this is what we promise to do internally. This is what we're going to do with our own employees. And this is also what we're going to do externally with our clients and with our networks. And we're telling you it now because we want you guys to know and we want you to come with us on that journey. So there was a couple of arms to that diversity promise. Number one, like Gavin mentioned earlier, was about educating the team internally uh, and about starting those conversations, about holding workshops internally so that we can upskill our teams and our employees in different areas. And because when we, when we say diversity, that's just so broad. It's huge, it's massive, and it's, it's got so many arms and tenets. So the workshops that we'll be doing internally will each focus on different aspects of diversity, uh, different things that people are struggling with or the challenges that we face when hiring diverse talent for our clients, whatever that might be. So that was the first arm. We're going we're gonna to have conversations internally. We're going to do workshops. We're going to bring in experts as well in different parts of diversity to have conversations. Uh, the third part, of course, uh, or the second part, sorry, was about bringing in experts. And one of those was me and bringing in and hiring a chief diversity officer, because that's really intentional. That says we're not messing about. We're not just saying this. This is about taking tangible action. And here's one of the action points that we're doing. Uh, the third part as well is about having 
those conversations with clients and working with our clients, like Gavin said about recruitment process intelligence, it's about bringing the data and the knowledge and the information to our clients so that they can make the best hiring decisions so that they can create the best workforces for them. You can't do any of that if you're not talking about diversity, if that's not included in the conversation. Uh, so, so much of what we're doing as well is about working with our clients to help them uh, with their organizations, whether that's with their inclusive cultures, whether that's with their processes, whether that's with uh, educating on a senior management team, whether that's getting buy-in with their C-suite, whatever that might be. So we'll be doing workshops and conversations and learnings with our clients as well, with their organizations and their staff. And then the last piece of that diversity promise is that we were gonna to promise to also educate our network. There's no point in just one organization going down the diversity journey. It's meaningless if we can't all do it together, right? So the last part of that is that we're gonna create content and resources and uh, conversations. And we're gonna put that out online so that our entire network, our peers, our colleagues, those people who follow along with our business, they can all benefit from that. And then we can hopefully start conversations and we can bring people along with us. So that was the kind of the main tenets of this diversity promise. Mm -hmm. And I and I want to stress that that's going to change. We're going to make new promises every year. We're going to promise to do better every year. You can't just make one promise and then fulfill it and then be done. This is a continuous journey and at Solutions Driven, we are continuously bettering ourselves so that we can move down that journey. So that's what it's, that's what it's about. Great. And you want to add that, Gavin? No, there's a couple of points. I mean, I think just going back to RPI, I think the two bits that, you know, really can influence DNI and diversity in the recruitment space is the process and the intelligence. So, you know, now that we have launched RPI, we need to make sure that our process is as diverse friendly as possible, but also our clients process, you know, are the, are the same. We need to make sure that we're giving the right intelligence to inform clients to make the right decisions, as, as Salma said. I think the other word that Salma talked about earlier is accountability. So when we launched RPI, we, we believed that the recruitment sector wasn't accountable enough for the results. And I guess this piece that we're now adding in with Salma is another reflection on that where, you know, we're saying we want to be accountable. You know, Salma said we're on a journey, so we are not experts, we are not perfect internally, but we want to make step forward, you know, and we want to make sure that we are positioned as an accountable partner, both in terms of results, but also ensuring that diversity is, is top of that agenda. Perfect. I want to pick up on the word journey then, Salma, because that was a, key, a, a very important word. Um, I guess, why is, I suppose, why should companies go on a journey down this path? Because everyone remember, I think we've spoken about this already, even like in, over the last 12 months, people said they were going to take time out and they were going to educate themselves. And I suppose it's up for debate whether enough action has been taken or not. But So why should companies now, if they haven't taken action, start a journey? What's the real, without just it looks good, but actually what's the real tangible, maybe tangible is not the right word, but what's the real benefits for them starting that journey? I think tangible is the right word, actually. Um, and I think that raises an interesting point, right? Uh and I think it's really indicative of where we are actually, Rob, you've touched on something really crucial because what we have to admit is we have to convince people of a business uh, reason. And when, when I say business reason, when I say tangible, I mean monetary. We have to convince people that there's money in it for them to hire fairly. And that's, that, that's the truth, right? And that's exactly where we are. You, you've hit the nail on the head, it is where we are. And it's, it's incredibly sad that that's where we are. 
but you're absolutely right. But for me personally, the very short answer of why businesses should be uh, looking at their diversity and why it should be part of their business is very simply, you won't survive if it's not. You will not carry on your business into the future if you don't address your diversity because you have to think about the wider context. You can't think about businesses in these tiny little segments that don't uh, interact with the rest of the world or aren't affected by the rest of the world, right? Nothing exists in isolation. And you have to understand where we're at with our public consciousness. And where we're at is the world is changing and becoming a more tolerant place. It's difficult and sometimes we don't always feel like that. But for the most part, we are becoming more tolerant. We are, we are having conversations now today that we have never had before, that we could never have before as a society, right? Look what happened last summer with the Black Lives Matter movement and the marches that happened globally. That wouldn't have happened five years ago. That wouldn't have happened three years ago, right? We weren't in the space to have that conversation, to bring that many people with us. You know, five years ago, we weren't having conversations about uh, people who were non-binary and what pronouns would you like to use? I mean, in some circles, huh? yes. In specific circles, yes. But in the general business consensus, don't you remember a time where people didn't put their pronouns on their signature or on their LinkedIn? Like when I first started in business, no one did that. No one did that. We are moving. We are going forward. We are working towards a more tolerant society. And if your business is adamant that it's not going to address diversity, yes, number one, it's, become, it's going to become less profitable because we all know that the data and the statistics overwhelmingly show that businesses and boards that have more women, more racial diversity, more diversity across the board outperform other businesses. So your profit margins are better if you're more diverse. That's number one, right? Number two, you will become archaic. It's the same as like the business that refuses to let any of their staff work from home, right? Because they just need everyone in the office all the time. It's just those, those little things that show that you are a relic of an older business world, that you're never going to evolve, that you are not part of the widening conversation. And I think it is that simple. If you don't start addressing diversity, if you're adamant that your business is going to be white male older middle class men at the top and always will be and that's the kind of person that you hire continuously you're not going to survive as well because people aren't going to want to work for you i don't want to work for those businesses right and my peers don't want to work for those businesses. the generation under me are even more vigilant about it so very simply you're going to die out if you don't and gavin i think i'm i'm probably stating an obvious fact here but you're having or our team are having more and more conversations where diversity just comes up I would say well again you can answer the question but over the last year just those words or if you went onto our tools and you could search by key keywords like the number of times a word has come up in the conversations I'm assuming diversity or inclusion must be coming up more and more in the conversations absolutely yeah I mean and I think you know go back 12 months ago I think there were some clients that were you know doing it because they felt they had to rather than because it was embedded in the process so you know at times with the clients at the end of a process say Oh, we need a diverse shortlist. I think we've managed to slowly, you know, start clients talking about that earlier in the process to make sure that we are, you know, being open, being inclusive, being fair, you know, in the in the decisions that we take. But absolutely, you know, I mean, I think it's it's it's, it's almost becoming abnormal that we don't talk about it on a call mm. rather than it being, you know, normal that we do. So, and if someone, some of them wants to get started in that journey, what's 
again, from your experience, I know that, again, you're very experienced in this space, but what's the typical roadblocks or challenges that some a company or a department might hit when they go, right, we want to get started in this, but actually what the heck do we do next or get start, to get started? Um, the, the first, and I think the biggest roadblock and what can be the thing that holds back any success that you have in this area is being honest with yourself about where you're at. It is genuinely like alcohol is anonymous. You have to admit that you have a problem or you can address it, right? You can't, you can't come from the line of, well, I don't drink that much. I only have a couple of drinks a night and it's, it's not really a problem because that is the mentality when people are going along that journey, right? I, I'm not speaking from experience, by the way. I'm just speaking from conversations. That is the mentality. Uh, and if people can't admit it, if they can't really see the problem, you cannot begin to address it because then whatever you're doing is just virtue signaling, is just uh, trying to look good online. It's not actually fundamentally fixing the problem. The amount of organizations that I've worked with or that I've talked to, if they could genuinely all sit down and go, yeah, we don't, we have such a big problem here and we don't have the first clue about what to do, that's your first step. That is, if you can come from a place of honesty, if you can genuinely say, look, we're good here, uh, or maybe we, we managed to retain women and we managed to upskill women uh, into higher management positions. But actually, when it comes to racial diversity, we are appalling. Um, I don't know the first thing about it and I don't know what to do. If that's the place where businesses can start with genuine honesty, it's going to make your diversity journey so much easier because you're going to go down that road faster because if you're coming from a place of, of thinking no actually we do we do it quite well we're all right we're all right you're going to be working for six months and it's going to be futile because you're not actually addressing the problems so if businesses can start from a very honest place that that changes everything of course um another challenge is buy-in and i mean that from the most junior person in the team to the c-suite and obviously the C-suite are more important because you need their buy-in because that's going to trickle down to the rest of the organization, right? And that is genuinely a roadblock. They don't see why they should do it. They don't see why they should pay the money, for example, for a chief diversity officer, because that's an extra, uh, an extra amount coming out of their budget. And as far as they can see, it's not bringing in revenue, right? Yeah, it's going to it's going to change your entire workforce. And of course, it's going to bring you in massive revenue, but they can't see it at the beginning. So I think the biggest thing is that uh, it's about not being honest. It's about buy in from senior management. And I would say that the third thing that, that businesses really struggle with is just not knowing what to do. And the fear of getting it wrong overpowers all of that. And so everyone just stands still and go, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to do something about diversity. They're not honest with with where they're at with it uh, and they, they just don't uh, have a clue what to do and they're too scared to test it and try it like when you're building businesses and Gavin you'll know this uh, as someone who's built a business you'll go oh, I don't know if this has worked but let's try it right let's let's see if we can do this let's try and expand in this way or let's go after this client or oh, I don't know if it'll work but let's do it and you try and you experiment and that's how you learn and you grow and you build a business but when it comes to diversity no one is willing to do that because the repercussions of doing it wrong are far yeah. too great so everyone just stands still so i think they're the three biggest things that are stopping all businesses stopping our entire workforce from moving forward with our diversity i think the other thing i'd say there is you know we're also seeing on the candidate side so Salma said you know the world is changing candidates expectations are changing as well so we're we're seeing a lot of candidates saying you know um from the website this organization doesn't look as diverse as we would like you know, from the, the way the job spec is written, you know, this would suggest that it's 
you know, not as diverse as we want, etc. So, you know, as much as the generations are changing, I think also candidates' expectations, you know, in the, in the space are changing as well. And from a recruitment perspective, we need to make sure that we're up to speed on that. But more importantly, our clients are up to speed on, you know, on those changes. So I suppose to put a bit of meat in the bones, is there any example, Sam, of companies that you've seen over maybe not even just the last 12 months since it's been high on the agenda, but even companies longer before that who have taken really good steps or are, are doing the right thing right now or doing it really well? Do you know what? Typically bigger organisations, you know, like huge tech organisations manage to do more in this space. I'm not going to say necessarily well, but they manage to do more in this space. Uh, so, you know, your big organisations like Microsoft, for example, places like that, they... Uh, will allocate budget to it, right? A, because they have masses of budget, but they will say, okay, we're gonna do this and we're gonna create this room that's, for example, you know, we have enough space in our buildings, we have enough money to create space that's going to be a multi-faith room, for example, right? Where people can go and whatever their spiritual inclination is, can go and have that time, right? They have money to do things like that. So on a surface level, the big tech organizations do it better. However, I always argue that and would interrogate that and say that actually you don't need huge budget or masses of money to do diversity in your organization. You don't. And the smallest of organizations, the startups, the SMEs, they can do it as well. They can do it really well. So I think there's a a surface level load of organizations who are doing things, but whether that's uh, translating into their processes, whether that uh, translates into inclusive cultures, Uh, is another question mark about it. A lot of businesses also manage to hire diverse talent really well. They don't retain it. So then you're looking externally and you're going, well, they're doing great. But what they're creating actually is diversity revolving doors. So that talent comes in, cannot stick in the business and goes straight back out again. So their diversity figures tend to still look good. Um, Some of, uh, I've come across some startups that some do it incredibly well, but I would say that that's the caveat on that is it's startups who are coming up in the last year or two, right? So it's startups and it's generally very much younger founders who are kind of like, well, why wouldn't we start hiring diverse? Cause it's been part of their conversation and their life since forever. Right. Um, but, and I, and I hate to be bitter and pessimistic about it. I think the majority of businesses are struggling and do it badly. And they'll start governor. Two, two quick things. I mean, we spoke to a client last week and we were talking about, you know, hiring more diverse talent, but they made the point and said that's important, but equally so is an inclusive culture. So to Salma's point around, you know, the, the revolving door, there is no point in improving a process to hire diverse talent, but then not creating a culture that, you know, supports that diverse talent. I think the other thing that we've seen, again, we're speaking to a client who has a global CEO and, you know, the, the person we're speaking to is based in Europe. So again, it's about how do we regionalize that, you know, because as much as that organization has a, has a corporate, you know, strategy set out from a diversity point of view, you know, is that aligned to the work that they do in the UK or Germany, et cetera? So I think from our point of view, to Salma's point, I think every company can do something to improve, you know, whether it be small, whether it be big. And it's just for us to really try and support the clients that we work with, you know, on, on their journey. Yeah, I mean, I echo that. I, I, and I'm not going to name drop, but we we interviewed a global CEO last last week, or I did, and they've got all the, some great processes in terms of in terms of the hiring aspect of it. But what Salma touched on there in terms of actually retaining the staff, in terms of the culture yeah. and the importance of 
what they're doing internally to make, especially remote at the moment, because they said they're bringing on a lot of people remotely. Um, and it's how then do you get that culture of bringing everyone together, make sure you've got, you can actually retain that staff going forward. Um, so it's not great. Um, I suppose the last thing I want to touch on then was, and I think Sammy did touch on it a wee bit earlier on in terms of, on one of the part of the promise, we talk about widening the conversation. I suppose, I think you've explained really well what that means, but I suppose what kind of initiatives do we have coming up, not next week, but coming up in the coming weeks for, I know we're doing a workshop internally for our own staff this week, which we're really looking forward to, but even externally, they might not be set in stone yet, but just some kind of ideas about how we can help. Absolutely. So yeah, you're right. Internally, we have on Thursday, we have uh, one of our internal workshops and we'll be going through uh, some of the common challenges, some of the big questions around diversity and inclusion uh, from just our cultural perspective, but also when we're talking about it uh, externally with clients, with other businesses. Uh, So that's one of the things coming up. We're going to be doing webinars so that it's uh, making it accessible to everyone so that people can get involved in that. We're going to be doing uh, workshops with our clients in this next month so that we can also help them because we don't, we don't want to be the only ones on this journey. Right. And like Gavin said, you know, it's, it's the thing that there's no conversation with our clients that we're having that doesn't involve diversity and inclusion where it doesn't come up. So we want to make sure that we're, we're helping them with that as well. So those things are all going to be coming up. And like you said, we're going to be creating a lot of content. Uh, We're going to be having guests on the podcast who uh, have experience, who maybe we're going to have people from different areas of that diversity conversation someone who can talk about uh, the disabled community for example and talk about the challenges they face so that we can learn and we can uh, educate and upskill ourselves on that so there's going to be loads going on both for just our networks but also internally and also privately with our clients yep and else gavin no i mean i think someone said it we were running a session in two weeks time for our existing clients so purely existing clients no prospects um, and we want to keep it simple. So the, the subject of that is the top 10 questions that companies want, want answers to from a DNI perspective. And the amount of existing clients that have approached us saying, you know, we'd love to hear that. We'd love to, you know, we'd love insight. And that really just summarizes, you know, the, the discussion today. I think everyone, you know, is, is keen to understand more. But our, our you know, challenge is make sure that when they understand more, they then take action to, to improve their, their situation. Well, in the show notes, what I'll do is I'll share a link to the diversity inclusion page that Salma created along with the diversity promise so everybody can go and access that. And we also, as part of that launch, created an inclusive leaders um, ebook, which is which looks great and the content is really, really good. So I'd encourage people to go and have a look at that and download that. It's completely free. Um, Salma, if people want to connect with yourself, where's the, is LinkedIn the best place? LinkedIn is where you'll find me. Uh, yeah, just. <laughs> So head over to LinkedIn. I mean, we're all existing online everywhere, right? So <laughs> LinkedIn, you can email me, you can find my details on LinkedIn, but yeah. Great. Thanks for your time both. I've got nothing else to say, so thanks very much for them. That was great. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Thank Thomas. you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.